So this is the first ever LGBTQ plus outdoors clubhouse room that I have recorded. It's my second room that I have run and the first time that I've ever decided to to record it. So I think, have I just said that? <laughs> Maybe I've just said that. I'm so tired, sorry. Um, I wanted to provide a bit of an introduction and just say hi, welcome, thank you so much for tuning into this discussion. It was just an incredibly invaluable insight into Toby Fels's experience of being a transgender trails run- trail runner and yeah I just wanted to also caveat that there are noises background noises in this recording um there is a particularly loud tap that comes on sporadically at times so huge apologies for that I think you should be able to to hear the audio quality okay enough these recordings are rough and ready. I've always intended for that to be the case because I just want to get these conversations out there. Uh, and the main reason why I'm recording is because I find it really frustrating that um, Clubhouse is only available for iOS. And so that excludes a large majority of people who cannot access these conversations. In fact, I went and bought an iPad, a second-hand iPad, um, <laughs> because I just wanted to be able to access conversations that were already happening. I was very lucky to be able to do that, to be honest. But yeah, I wanted to make these conversations as accessible as possible. So um, forgive how rough and ready um, these recordings might be, but I really hope that you enjoy this discussion um, from Wednesday the 31st um, of March, which uh, is International Transgender Day of Visibility. So a wonderful, wonderful timing to have Toby Fells come on and be a guest um, on the LGBTQ plus outdoors room. Thank you so much. Enjoy the discussion. Hi, Toby. Hi, Joe. Oh, wow. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us already. Wow. Thank you so much. Right, Toby, let's get some quick clubhouse rules <laughs> or guidance <laughs> if you're feeling a little bit unsure of how to use clubhouse this evening. Um, have you have you attended other rooms so far whilst you've been on clubhouse? Yeah, I've been on it a bit and yeah, attended some, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So I've got a vague idea of what's, of what's going on, but I've never been in this position of power before. <laughs> amazing well i'm going to give you even more power which is that i'm going to make you a moderator so now you can invite people to speak um and yeah you've got all the power essentially i think you can also maybe quit the room (laughs) so um thank you so much um arnie uh, mara suzanne joe leo tasneem thank you so much for joining us um for this week's lgbtq plus outdoors running in the transgender community room um along with me here i have toby fells and i will ask toby to introduce himself in just a second um toby if you can just mute yourself whilst you're not speaking it just saves um any um unforeseen interruptions in audio um whilst uh, everyone else is speaking um So uh, just to also let everybody know, um, I am going to be recording this week's session. Um, What I'm finding is that obviously because Clubhouse is only um, compatible on iOS, it means that for a large number of people, a lot of people cannot access these weekly conversations that we're having and they're asking how they can listen to it. So 
I thought I would record it instead um, and then offer it out to um, other people to be able to listen to. Perhaps they might not even be able to to join in the evening and might want to be able to listen at another time that's more convenient for them. So um, if you would not like to be recorded, then um, please... um, don't come up to to speak on the stage um, and just remain a listener but if that's all good with everybody then of course uh, please do put your hand up to ask to have a microphone um, and we welcome everybody and anyone's um, contributions to this evening's discussion. Um, I'll do sort of regular reminders as new people come into the room as well just that everybody knows that we're recording. Um, But Toby would you please like to take it away and give us an introduction into yourself how you started running have you always been a runner what's your sort of experience of that um and then we'll sort of start um uh talking about uh, your transgender journey as well but also oh i should also say happy transgender day of visibility to everybody um and, and particularly to you toby so yeah take it away tell us um a bit about your story and, and how you got into running and um we'll go into queer runnings as well after that yeah so uh, i've I, th- I think I probably started running when I was about, I was probably about 18, I think, um, maybe slightly younger, um, nothing serious or anything, just, uh, you know, an hour a few times a week. Um, I quite fancied the idea of being a runner. I thought runners were pretty cool uh, and I kind of wanted it to be my thing, I suppose. Um, um, and all kind of ended quite abruptly because when I was 19 um I went I went completely mad um and I ended up in on a psychiatric ward um and did for the, for the next five years really um and I was on a lot of medications and I, I couldn't run either because I was very highly medicated and overweight as a result um or I was physically locked up in a hospital (laughs) so I couldn't um and so I I didn't run I was supposed to run the Great North Run before I ended up in hospital when I was 19 um but that never happened and so I was always very angry about that um I felt like it was kind of taken away from me um there's a whole big long story of that five years i I won't go into details, but um, it wasn't it wasn't the best five years of my life. Um, and then fast forward when I was sort of in my mid twenties, so twenty five ish, I think. Um, I came off all the medications I was on, and obviously lost a lot of weight, got a lot more energy back, um, but I still didn't start running, mostly because it, it was just a bit too. I was scared and it was a bit too painful to uh, to start because it was all quite, I was, I was still quite angry about it. Um, and then fast forward some more years when I was in my late 20s, I decided to start running mostly because I, I got rid of my car um, and my world got quite small. Um, I didn't like cycling very much and I wanted to get places quicker. So I started running <laughs> um, and I just I just did walks really and started running bits of those walks until I was running more than I was walking. And that's kind of how I started again. Um, 
and then eventually it just sort of took over my life it's sort of all I think about all I want to do uh, and I want other people to enjoy running too because oh there's loads and loads and loads of benefits um and yeah I've I, it, it, I try not to be really evangelical about running because that's what people hate about runners. But it, it's really hard. Yeah, not to be evangelical. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my story with running. And then I guess I started getting into ultra running and that's that's what I really, yeah, what I really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, that's that bit. I can't remember what else you wanted me to go over. <laughs> no, that was amazing. That was a great introduction to yourself and your story and the beginnings of your passion for running. You can hear it in your voice, just how much you love running. Um, and as somebody who, myself, who I do love running, but I don't think I've got a very good running te technique. I get injured quite easily. Um and it's just amazing to hear how much you love it and and what it's given you. And I'd really love you actually to go more into, you know, what was it like when you first started running? What feelings did you get about it? And, you know, what is it ultimately that keeps you coming back to running? Do tell us a bit more about it. You said you wanted to sort of, you know, not be too evangelical about the benefits of it. But do, yeah, go, tell us what it is about running that you love so much. Yeah, I mean, when I, I think... In terms of starting running, the thing I love about running is for beginners is it's one of the most easiest sports to kind of make progress on. Um, so I think it, it can give people a real sort of high sense of mastery. Um, I think you just, with running mostly, most of the time, you, you just kind of have to keep showing up um, and you get better. And I think that's what I like about it, particularly for beginners when I see people start running it's just very it's very a quick instant for a lot of for a lot of people that start running not all people some people hate running and always will but it's it's very easy to get the bug uh, because it's just it just happens quite quickly you see results quite quickly and it, it's it's very sort of immediate gratification with running um and then I suppose I Obviously, I'm not a beginner runner anymore. Um, and I think the thing that I like about it most is it just gives me a, a... Well, there's lots of things. I mean, one of the things is it gives me a framework on which to hang my life off of. Um, you know, a structure, a reason to look after myself. Um, you know, I, I eat well because I want to run well. I sleep well because I want to enjoy my running. I... Um, you know, I look, I, I look after my mental health and my stress levels because I want to be able to run. Everything that I do is because I want to be able to run. So it means I look after every aspect of my life, which is which is very important and, and something I was really lacking before. And I think the other thing I really like about it is, you know, I always say anyone with dogs you know you wouldn't dream of not exercising a dog for a day letting a dog have a good runabout and getting out of breath you know if you didn't take a dog out for a whole day you would consider that not very good dog ownership yet we're quite happy we think or think it's acceptable to just kind of sit down and not do anything for a, a day maybe even even longer than that and lots of people 
do do nothing and and I think people just very much underestimate the impact that that has on on our state of mind and I'm not saying it has to be running just move <laughs> um and it's been important as well in terms of my relationship with my body as well um it's 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 great it's kind of given me a way to appreciate what my body can do and what it does do rather than what it isn't um and that's really powerful as well um and yeah there's there's something about there's something about movement that it it just gets me out of my head which is invaluable really and when I'm running I don't really think about anything um so it's I guess it's a bit like a meditation I suppose um and then there's the fact that I do trail running and the fact that I'm always out you know in the in the hills and the mountains and and that in itself just being in that environment in itself is is a wonderful place to be the mountains don't give a shit who I am whether I'm trans gay straight you know they they don't care they, they just are and uh, that's a very powerful experience to have as well um you know without getting mushy about it it's you know the, the, the mountains are very accepting 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 place i suppose um yeah so i, don't know, I think i've gone off on another tangent I love it. And you know what? Get mushy. That's absolutely fine. I love a bit of mush. So absolutely go for it. Um, I love what you said there about the mountains are an accepting place. And that's certainly how I feel about the outdoors and nature. And um, I think a lot of people in this room might resonate with that too, is that you can show up as yourself and you can show up in whatever state or emotions that you're feeling at the time mm. and the outdoors just won't judge you um yeah. it will just be there for you it will hold you it will also show you if you maybe need to change your ways it will show you if you maybe need to have your ass kicked a bit um place yeah. sometimes as well yeah <laughs> absolutely um i guess you know being outdoors is can be considered almost a reflection of you and where you are at that time and it all just becomes a lot clearer in I think quite a kind and healthy way um I also really loved what you said about um at the outdoors and and running being a framework in which you hang your life off of and um I find it really interesting that you know so much of how you look after yourself and your self-care is all with the focus of being able to to run well I think that's an incredible focus and um yeah focal point um to have you know have you always had that when did you realize that that running was your real pinpoint of attentive care for yourself um and and when did you start implementing those self-care elements in order to aid your running i think when i when i first started running both the first time around and the, the second time around I, I was not looking after myself the first time around i was 
I was starving myself. I mean, you, you could probably say I was anorexic. Um, so I wasn't looking after myself and I was drinking and doing drugs and all of those kinds of things. And the second time around, I also wasn't looking after myself either. I was drinking quite a bit. I was not eating well. I was not looking after myself. Um, I was smoking. I think I might have quit smoking. I don't know if I was smoking when I started running the second time around. I can't remember. Um, but there were there, there came points when I started running over certainly over the first couple of years where I, I couldn't I couldn't choose having five beers and get up and feel all right to go for a run in the morning. And you know that, that's probably got got something to do with getting older <laughs> as well. When you're young, you can quite you can cane it like that and and still go out and run. Um, but I think over time, the running, it was more important to me to be on form to enjoy my run than it was to enjoy the beers um, or the cigarettes. And and I suppose that the same thing happened in every other aspect of my life. I, I noticed that if I had five donuts one day and I, I'd, I'd feel shit the next day and I, I wouldn't enjoy my run very much. Um, and I'd make better progress in terms of my strength and I would recover better if I ate, if I ate properly. Um, everyone needs a, you know, everyone needs a reason, I suppose, to look after themselves and running is mine. Yeah. I love that. And, um, very soon I'd love to open this up to other people who are listening to perhaps ask them what their um, reason is for looking after themselves. Um, I think that would be um, a really great uh, discussion to be able to have with more people too after they've listened to you a bit more. Um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about queer runnings. Um, So tell us a bit about what queer runnings is um and also your um online queer run club why have you set these two entities up and um who do they serve yeah so uh, i set it up because i i believe i believe in the power of running um and i often felt that there, there obviously are uh, queer people that run but I felt sometimes that I was maybe the only one out there that was queer and running. And I didn't really see any space that that served purpose of bringing queer runners together and helping queer people that didn't run to start running. Um, and as well, I find I found that a lot of the information when it came to running was very cis orientated um, and as a trans guy trying to figure out what I should be listening to you know should I be should I be looking at uh, studies on cis men or should I be looking at studies on cis women and what what on earth should I be doing Um, the answers aren't really out there Um, the research is is not there Um, but I just, it's difficult to be in a club of 
cis people, it doesn't matter how how kind or accepting they are, they're just not going to get it. Um, and I just wanted to create a space where people do get it. And I wanted, I have a coach myself and it, it really was quite difficult trying to find a coach. It was just pot luck. I didn't know whether they were going to be transphobic or not. It was just a case of thinking, looking at coaches and just taking the chance. And I, I suppose I wanted to be a coach that people, queer people could know for definite that I wasn't going to be phobic of any kind and I wasn't going to judge and that certain things, that there are certain certain quirks around being a trans runner that sometimes are difficult to bring up and speak to, speak to a cis person about. Um, and they are important things. Um, things like binding when running, for example, that's that's quite an important thing to be able to talk to a coach about. Um, hormone replacement therapy is also something that's important to be able to talk to a coach about. If you're a trans guy and and you're still menstruating, that's you know that you might find that difficult to talk to a cis coach about. It's difficult to talk about under any circumstances. Um, and then outside of non-binary and trans people, I, I, I just I just wanted it to be a really welcoming club um, where people were where people were entering races as part of the queer runnings club and taking up space and just generally being visible because visibility is really important. Yeah. Amazing. I just love everything that you just said there i just literally devoured it with both my ears it was amazing um can you just for anyone in the room who might not know and also for the recording can you explain what cisgendered means um and how um that might differ from from the just uh, from the transgender community yeah so cisgendered people are those whose gender identity aligns with the, their sex so when you're born you are your gender is assigned to you based on what's between your legs um, and for most people that's fine that doesn't cause too much trouble but for trans people um, whose gender identity does not align with their sex um, that then obviously becomes problematic and and a trans person it's this is considered same and trans is i think it's a, a cross is it is that the the, the uh, origins of the word i think um yeah so that's i don't know if i've explained that very well yeah no that that for me makes a lot of sense um as we start to invite people to come to the stage then if anyone's still um got any questions about it then please do feel free to ask this is a safe space in which to do that so there are no silly questions about it um so yeah if anyone's got any further questions about um definitions and things like that then please do just bring them up um final question for you toby before i do start inviting people to speak and and whilst toby is speaking in this answer please do start raising your hand if you'd like to come to the stage um toby if you wouldn't mind um could you tell us a little bit about your um transgender journey um that you're happy to um speak about um and um how that sort of has 
has either aided your running, how that's maybe um, changed your experience of running. Um, yeah, it'd be great to to hear more about about that that combination. Yeah, so um, running. Well, as so I I came out when I was I think I was twenty eight, twenty nine, I believe. Um, and I started hormones pretty pretty much around the, the same time. I think I wasn't on, on hormones after coming out for about a year. I ended up going private for hormones, and uh, I I think running was extremely important in the in the first uh sort of stages of my transition in, in the sense that um testosterone <laughs> when you're essentially changing the, the the hormonal balance of your body and um with without without running i think i would have lost lost the plot entirely um it gave me it it, it just changed my my experience of myself, my emotions, uh, I, I had a, a lot more energy and a much higher need to, to move. Um, and so I, ne- I needed running from, from that point of view. Um, in terms of, it, it's, it's interesting, I think a lot about it and I am thinking about maybe writing some things and posts about it. Um, in terms of it's difficult I never when I when I'm I tend to race against myself because I I can't I would like to compete with the cis men and maybe I can maybe I'm selling myself short um I'm not sure I can I I certainly am am not you know I'm certainly stronger than cis, cis women and so I find myself as a trans guy wondering what what I can aim for, you know, um, and so it, it definitely, it definitely kind of puts me in a situation where I have to think more about competing against myself and just being the best runner I can be. And I'm, I, it's exciting. It's an exciting process because I, I'm interested to see what the best I can be is. And I'm interested to see if I can compete against this men. I'm interested. I don't know if I can or not. Um, I guess we'll find out. Um, it's things that are difficult. Running as a trans guy is it, definitely binding is is an issue. Um, although I don't really bind anymore because I've I've found solutions to that. Um, in the winter, I I don't bind because I can essentially wear a coat. And in the summer, I've, I've just found this, this running vest that means I don't have to bind. So so that's no longer a problem for me. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Um, it's No, it's... I, I think that's brilliant. I think um, you've covered so many areas there, uh, specifically in terms of running and your experiences um, of your body and how you feel comfortable um presenting yourself to the world whilst running um and you know that can only have a huge a hugely positive um effect on your mental well-being as you're running which then means it can open you up to the um ideas of competition you know i think if you're in a place mentally where you're struggling or you're 
um, your uh, your headspace is too consumed with, um, for example, how you appear to everyone else that you're passing, um, that you don't have headspace to consider things like competition and pushing yourself. You know, where does that motivation come from if you're already feeling mentally weighed down with um, feeling self-conscious or feeling like you're not able to truly embrace who you are like you're essentially that you're feeling held back so um all of the things that you've mentioned there i think are just an incredible insight into how you have um created a life for yourself where you you seem to be very healthy very happy you seem to have just such a wonderful passion for an incredible sport um and that just completely comes through on your social media already. So being able to talk to you about it is amazing and just hear it directly from you in your voice is, yeah, wonderful. I've, it's Thank only, you. sorry. So... To talk about oh yeah, no problem at all. I am, um, yeah, it's only been sort of just shy of half an hour and I've just already just absolutely loved so much of what you've said. Thank you so much. Um, we have Annie and um, Hilary on the stage. Um, I'd like to open this up to both of you. So um, Annie, would you like to go first um, and, and let us know what it is that you'd like to sort of bring to the discussion this evening? Hi, yes, hi Toby. Um, it was honestly really amazing to hear sort of your story and your journey about um, how you got into running and how you sort of created your own space for competing with yourself um and i'd definitely love to see you you know be able to compete with cis men i think it sounds like you could definitely do it with your dedication um but um i was interested in you mentioned sort of how you drank a lot and um your mental health was quite bad and you were smoking or you weren't sure whether you were smoking. I went through sort of a similar thing when I started hiking. I can't run because I'm not a good runner. It's definitely something I'd be interested in doing. Um, and I was wondering how that transition from sort of, you know, not drinking as much um, and, you know, getting into a sort of a healthier lifestyle was for you. For me, my chronic illness means I have to be healthy I have to keep that level of exercise and that level of um healthiness but um it was hard when you had problems with alcohol and stuff like that and that's definitely sort of a transition I'm still struggling with so I was wondering sort of how you managed to dedicate yourself to running so much that you just you got rid of that habit I don't I, I don't I don't know is the, is the short answer I I just I just enjoyed it it I definitely found with without the running I I tried to sort of pick my health up and without the reason you know I needed the reason to look after myself better without that reason I just it was almost a bit like self-harm or punishment you know um there, there was no I didn't really feel like there's any reason I just felt like I was denying myself good things for no real reason um and so when I had the running, it was just quite a natural, it was just a natural progression. I just, I loved it.
happened. And it wasn't this, it wasn't like a, a real, it wasn't kind of an overnight moment when all of a sudden I started looking after myself. It was, it was just this gradual process where I started doing the good things more than I started doing the bad things. And I started doing the bad things just less and less until I just wasn't doing them anymore. The, the same process, I suppose, by which I started running. I, I started off walking and doing some running within the walks. And eventually I just started doing more running and less walking until I wasn't walking anymore. It was the same kind of gradual process. There wasn't really this moment where I decided, right, I'm going to start consciously looking after myself. It was just this process by which I started to, to, I suppose I was just a lot more tuned into my body. Running made me tune into my body more and what it needed and what it responded to. And, and that awareness, it's difficult once you had that level of awareness to to start ignoring it and don't get me wrong i i still make crappy decisions the, the, you know the other day i ate a whole packet of biscuits <laughs> um, and i felt awful the next day um so it's not like i'm um, some vision of health or anything like that but there's there's definitely um an an awareness of my body and how it responds to things i put into it and it's difficult to just constantly ignore that. And I think beforehand, when I when I didn't have that awareness of my body, I, it was easy for me to do bad things to it and not really be aware of the the, the impact of that, um, not on a conscious level anyway. Yeah. Toby, can I um, ask you, do you feel um, that your transgender journey has opened up more of an awareness around your body at all um or do you feel as if you've always been sort of this in tune with your body i think i think it's a yeah so i think there's been confusion around my identity and so there's been a lack you know as a, as a kid and growing up and as a teenager there was a disengagement with my body um and uh, i i essentially kind of started a, a bit of a war with it I didn't care about it I didn't like it um and it's not like one thing happened and then another thing happens it's sort of lots of things all happened kind of around the same time in sort of this complex interplay of things and and that you know which ended up sort of where I am here today but yeah it, essentially th th there was a there was a process in which I started to um acknowledge my body and how i felt about it and what that meant and who i was and all of those kinds of things all played all played a part and 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 it all interlinks with running um as well so yes <laughs> oh such a great answer um annie was there anything else that you wanted to reply back to Toby with seeing as it was your question that, that he originally answered I wanted to make sure that you'd had enough opportunity to um, have the discussion that, that you wanted to when you came up on the stage I was actually going to ask the same question as you Fritz so you know everything's fine I mean thanks for the answer Toby it was genuinely really interesting and quite inspiring um, so yeah thanks thank you Amazing. Um, Hilary, you are also up on the stage. Is there anything that you would like to uh, ask Toby or, or a discussion point that you'd like to raise um, whilst you're up here? Please do um, unmute yourself. 
Uh, yeah, so um, it was kind of just what you'd said about appreciating your body for kind of what it can do really resonated with me because um, I run as well, not as far distances as you do from what I've seen. But um, yeah, so I I started, I came to running when I was a bit older as well. I was like mid-twenties at some point just randomly joined a running club and started running (laughs) and um it was yeah it was very much the same thing like I've done a lot of other sports before but I've never really had something where I've like repeatedly worked at something but also saw results quite quickly as you'd also mentioned Um, because I think especially starting from a point of well I, I didn't run at all so you do kind of quite quickly see that progress and yeah just it just really resonated with kind of just appreciating what my body could do rather than kind of what it looks like or as you said yourself kind of what it what it isn't so yeah that was that was it really amazing toby is there anything you'd like to say in response to hillary there no, other than I, I relate. I think, I think, um, you know, non-binary people, trans people, and and women in particular um, are very aware um, because of what what everything around around us tells us of what what our body isn't, um, and I, I don't think that's. I think that's a. a a feeling that so many people can relate to and that's that's sad that's sad um but great that that there's sort of an answer to it (laughs) and that's i find that really positive amazing um i'm so glad i've got you both on the stage um annie and hillary um you've just provided such incredible insights yourselves um if anyone else would also like to come up and speak please do let us know. Um, Toby, can I ask um, if you have had any issues being out on the trail as trans at all? Is there anything that you've come up against uh, whilst you've been out running? Um, have you? What were your experiences in other running clubs? Um, and also off the back of that, I'd love to know what, what feedback you've had from the Queer Run Club as well. Yeah, I mean, I can I can honestly say I've I've never had any issue from any runners ever. I've 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 not experienced any um, obvious transphobic um, hate or anything like that from any runners. I generally find the running community to be a group of people who um, really just want to run, run, and talk about running, um, and that that's kind of that's kind of the focus, and that's another thing I. I love about people that run. Um, there, there is. I have come across issues in the sense that there are races that I've been to, for example, where changing facilities and, and things like that have been maybe a concern. I wouldn't say I felt unsafe because that's that is. That is uh, that wouldn't be accurate, but um, 
and I, I'm quite good at dealing with that stuff, but I could see how other trans people would be put off enough by the concern around changing facilities, play, you know, toilets, things like that, that would put a, a trans runner off or a non-binary person off of entering races altogether because it's just too scary. Um, so I would say that is one issue that I've faced um, as a trans runner. Um, other than that, it, it's really just what my own internal worries about what people might think or what people might say. Um, and, and none of those worries have really ever come true. Um, so, yeah, in terms of other clubs, I've, I've, uh, I'm part of uh, one club online, um, and I've had no issues there either. I have been reluctant to go to um, clubs, you know, physical clubs in person because of the fear. But again, I know really I'd probably show up and there'd be no issue. <laughs> um, I, I think it, there is a need for run run groups, run clubs that meet face-to-face -face and online to, to be very specifically inclusive, to explicitly say that, that trans, non-binary people are welcome. Um, because just saying all welcome isn't really, isn't really enough. Um, as far as the response to queer runnings, it's, it's been great. <laughs> uh, yeah, people are really pleased, pleased it exists. Um, and that, that makes me, that makes me very happy. Yeah. That is so great to hear. Um, I'm really glad to hear that you've not really had too much adversity thrown your way um, in person. Um, but I think your point about um, clubs of all kinds, not just running clubs, but every kind of club, if they truly want to be inclusive, they need to specify that they truly are inclusive. And for who? Because um, it means that they and not just, you know, providing this broad brushstroke of, oh, yeah, yeah, we're inclusive. It sounds too um, wishy-washy, um, but by sort of actually being specific about, you know, who you're being inclusive for, it means that at the very least you've given it some thought as you've typed it out. So, you know, at the very least you're aware that these other communities exist that need your inclusivity. Um, and so, yeah, thank you so much for raising that as a point. I think that's really super important um, I mean sure most marginalized people can agree that that, that there's been many times when people have said they're inclusive and um, or all are welcome and it's not that's not been the case yeah definitely I think yeah exactly that it's um it's too easy essentially to just write all welcome but you know do they really fully understand um, the full just the full level of diversity that there is out there um chances are probably not and all are welcome are just three too easy words to be able to to throw onto a, a you know an online screen um lauren you've just joined us to speak um i just wanted to let you know in case you didn't know that we are recording this evening's room so if you don't mind being recorded then please do unmute yourself and let us know what it is that you'd like to say this evening no, I don't mind at all. Um, thanks so much, Toby. That was absolutely fascinating. And thank you for it for hosting as well. It's been brilliant. And I really love the point you make about, made about um, 
sort of the outdoors being accepting of queerness, um, which I feel daft. Like, in a way, I was sort of reflecting, thinking, how is the outdoors relevant to my queerness? But, like, absolutely, like, as a safe space where, you know, I, I feel, I suppose, less judged or constrained by by the factors that exist maybe in, in cities. Um, it's definitely a big part of why I enjoy it so much. Um, I guess I had two questions, uh, hopefully short ones. One was I was interested in how you made the transition to running um, longer distances because ultra running is something that sounds very like exciting and appealing, but also like quite intimidating. Did that like come naturally? Was it something you considered when you started running? And then my other little question I'm curious about for myself is one of the challenges I have with long distances is even though I meditate myself and you describe it as meditative, I, I struggle with getting bored when I'm running for a very long time. And is that something you've come across or are you just sort of naturally not not bored by the process? Yeah, I, I don't get bored really. And the, the, well there was there was one run recently I did which was loops from my house. Um I did forty seven miles of in loops from my house um on on road and it was it was mind numbingly boring. Um and yeah, I wouldn't sign up to something like that again. Uh <laughs> and I just listened to music and played uh podcasts and things like that but but that was a very unusual situation and kind of a lockdown situation that i i wouldn't normally repeat anyway uh, uh other than that I'm, I'm usually running in beautiful places so um I'm, I'm just quite busy you know admiring the view or thinking about some kind of pain i'm in or what i should be eating next or you know when i should be drinking uh yeah, but mostly just exclaiming, Jesus Christ, that's that's amazing, that's so beautiful. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. I I can't I can't help you on that front. Um in terms of getting into ultra running, I was pretty much from the beginning I I I noticed I can't remember, I think it was the um, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc I'd seen on YouTube or something somewhere and um, that was what piqued my interest. Um, I hadn't even done a marathon at that point. In fact, my first marathon technically wasn't a marathon. It was it was 27 miles. I, I've not, well, I have run marathons in training, but I've never run an, an actual marathon, um, like an official marathon. And I, I, I would hate to do something like the London Marathons, my worst nightmare. Um, much harder than running an ultra um, so I wouldn't be too intimidated by ultra running um, there, there's a lot more walking involved in, in ultra running than most people think certainly certainly if you're first starting out um, and there's a lot of eating a lot of eating and a lot of walking involved um, and good views and good people uh, it's it's usually just a really good day out like like a day out hiking just a bit faster um so i yeah i i wouldn't be too intimidated by ultra running um yeah it's it, it as for how i made the transition i i just i just uh did did longer and longer distances and and trained and uh, trained more um it was just a natural progression really but there isn't that much difference between training for an ultra marathon and, and training for something like a marathon really I love that. I wonder if all of the trail running community would mind if the new 
tagline for trail running was just it's like hiking but faster i don't i don't know if they would resonate <laughs> oh, most ultra runners are, um uh, yeah they they're quite uh they 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 do know that yeah there's there's a lot more walking but you know it, it's much harder to run a, a fast marathon than it, than it is to run 50 miles that's amazing that's a revelation to me i um i would i'd love to see myself run 50 miles but also i mean your lure of like just walking and eating is my kind of running so you know i'm totally signed up for that i think that sounds great well, the- about ultra running and, and trail running is that that, that that doesn't really happen in road running is that walking is a lot more okay um i think in road running there's a lot of pressure to keep running whereas trail running ultra running walking is is not really seen as something bad it's seen as something necessary um i find trail running and I'm trying to be much less intimidating than, than a road run. Like I said, something like the London Marathon is, you know, my worst nightmare. I, I, I don't really understand why people want to do those things, really. Amazing. Maybe that will also be the tagline that never was. London Marathon, don't know why you do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's um, much marathons out there than the London Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Lauren, was there anything else that you would like to respond with to that? No, that was brilliant. And I very much enjoy those taglines. Um, I cannot wait for lockdown to be over so I can, I can try out this running somewhere more attractive than the London suburbs notion. I think that's very appealing. Amazing. Um, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming to the stage and, and asking your questions. If anyone else would like to come up and speak um, particularly about um, boredom in running, if anyone's got experience with that and any tips they have for overcoming boredom whilst running. Um, I think that would be super useful um, in response to Lauren. Um, but yeah, in, in we're sort of coming up to the last 10 minutes of the room really. Um, so, um, oh, Hilary, did you unmute yourself to speak? Uh, yeah, but... Sorry, just you finish. <laughs> Have you just cut yourself off there? <laughs> um, Hilary, go for it. Um, no, I'll, I'll round up when, when we're ready to round up. So please do take the stage. Oh, uh, yeah, it was um, kind of a question, kind of for Toby, kind of just for everyone. I was just wondering when you were saying earlier on about you weren't sure how accepted you would be at various different events. Um, I just wondered what your sort of experience of being at any events was like, because I know I was at, um, it was actually a trail run last year. I, I normally road run, but I do do the odd trail run. And it was um, marketed obviously as this lovely inclusive run and um, had male fam- category, female category and uh, non-binary category. However, what you didn't find out until you got there was that the only changing facilities were in the actual grounds of the place that they were using. So it was like a men's toilets and a women's toilets and no other option. And um, I just think that it's, it's something that I actually contacted them about afterwards and I've actually said to some other race directors as well is that 
it's more than just about actually stating the inclusivity, but you've actually got to kind of action on it as well. And not on, or at the very least, provide that information for people to then make their own decisions. Because then, um, again, maybe slightly off on a tangent as well, um, another quite a small run on one of the islands I was doing, and um, there was only a male and female category for that, but the changing facilities at the end of it were just two tents where they were open-sided at one side and you basically, that was just where everyone was getting changed in a big communal tent. And um, yeah, I just think sometimes that it's also sort of accessibility info if they actually just let people know that before you actually turn up at the event. So yeah, a little bit of a tangent, but just my thoughts and I wondered if anybody else had anything to say on that um done speaking yeah I, I do I mean I I really would like as something that I'd like to do um with queer runnings is to as some kind of um, directory or something like that of races and the facilities available in them and hopefully talk to race directors as well and um encourage race directors to have more inclusive facilities and not just say they're inclusive and not actually talk the talk, walk the talk. Um, but but even if it's just a list of, of races and a list of various facilities, just so that people know what they're walking into. If I know I'm walking into a situation where uh, it's just one big tent and everyone's in there stripping off naked, then... I know what I'm. You know, I'll, I'll take my moon wrap or something and change under change under that. Um, I think it would be good to just have have some information all in all in one place. So that that is something I would would like to do. Yeah, that sounds so good. How can we begin something like that where there, it's either an instigator for um, to either approach race directors or race organisers or maybe even just a hub where all the information that's been collected about particular races um, and their levels of, of actual inclusivity are listed somewhere so that, you know, um, transgender and non-binary folk and, and everyone essentially, um, even cisgender people, can just know um, before they enter a race, exactly as you've said, you know, um, before a race what they're walking into what do you what do you think about that in terms of what can we do to start making that information more readily available i think a hub would, would be a good good place to start um almost like a crowdsourcing of information and then i think um, it's something that you know some kind of document that people could could update um because then I, I feel like because otherwise you could end up in a situation where say I contact a race and I say, what are your facilities? And, and that year that might be the case, but next year it, it might not be. Um, so something that could be regularly updated by anyone. There's so many races all over the place. It would just be, I think that would probably be a much more efficient way of, of uh, covering all those races. But at the same time, it would be good to have actual contact with race directors so that 
the right facilities were in place if, if possible. I had a question, if that's okay. Absolutely, please go for it. Um, so when we're talking about accessibility, and I mean, this could be a completely naive and dumb question, and I'm really sorry, but um, we're talking about accessibility for trans and non-binary people um, at races. What kind of facilities would you like to see at races that you'd, you know, specify in your hub that... Um, what kind of things would help trans and non-binary people? I know we mentioned like changing facilities. Is there anything else that um, races should probably look at including within them to make them more inclusive? Um, I think uh, to- to- it's toileting facilities, I'd say, and changing facilities. But, you know, some some races have, have port-a-loos, and so that's not an issue because they're all, you know, um, individual cubicles anyway so that's great but you know there are some races where you know the 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 start and the headquarters and the toilets are a a village hall or or something and maybe in that case it would be great if they could provide a a portaloo or another or is there a staff toilet is there another toilet that can be you know labeled as you know non-binary or you know something like that and and changing facilities as well but the same kind of the same kind of thing I mean, if anyone else has anything to add, please do. I think this is a doesn't always come up, but I think I mean this thing extends beyond races as well. Um, but when you're registering for things, I mean, firstly having uh, non-binary options, but then sometimes I think people use like default forms that force you to declare titles in a certain way that like is less than ideal so i think just like keeping an eye out for those little things as well can be quite important yeah i think that's um a brilliant suggestion lauren um and and of course brilliant suggestion toby too with regards to providing just more changing and bathroom facilities um i think it's often the little things that can get overlooked um and whilst it might be easy for someone to use, you know, for the organisers to just use a generic form, um, it really is the work of everybody to make spaces as inclusive as possible. It's not just on the community themselves that want to be included to do the work and to um, to try and make themselves feel comfortable. Um, so, yeah, even just the small details, I think, make the biggest difference um just as a personal note from me um so language for me is very important um and for me language is always a choice you know the language that you use to somebody else is always a choice um and today um i online as some of you know came out as being trans today um and a friend of mine um so I had one dubious comment, which so many people, you know, jumped on that I then just shut the thread down because essentially so many people were culminating all their efforts together for free to educate somebody who who eventually didn't want to listen anyway. So um, I was super grateful for the support, um, but eventually thought it would be best to preserve everyone's energy and just shut the thread down. Um, but a friend of mine messaged me and just said, I've got your back, brother. And it was that one simple word at the end. They could have just said, I've got your back, but they just added brother on the end. And I almost cried. I just was so overwhelmed with 
just intense, just beautifully intentional language. Um, and it's just, you know, a simple use of language on forms, on um, description of races. I can imagine I don't run in races, but I can imagine if I was registering to a race, just the use of language and, and, and yeah, things like sort of um, if you if you need to input your title, do you really need to input your title? But, you know, just giving all the options and making sure that there is somebody who is overviewing that process um, from from a, a diversity and inclusion perspective, um, I think is just so important and really doesn't take very much effort, but it goes a really, really long way. Um, Shah, you have just joined us to the stage. Um, just to let you know, in case you don't know, uh, we are recording this evening's um, Clubhouse Room. So if you if you don't want to be recorded, then um, I suppose stay muted. <laughs> if you don't mind, then please do unmute yourself. No, that's all good. Uh, hi, Fred. Hi, Toby. Um, I'm really sorry I was so late and I'm actually glad you're recording it because I missed pretty much all of it. Um, so I, I don't want to repeat anything that's been said. I had a, a bit of drama where I couldn't uh, lock my office door, uh, but I won't bore you with that. Um, but just something that I haven't heard said, um, and uh, I think uh, everything you were saying about showcasing best practice at races and having a directory and stuff like that, um, is definitely needed but I think there's also something around changing culture um, so that these things just sort of become norm because people want to do it um, I've been really inspired in this last year by um, black trail runners and all the work they've been doing um, to raise concerns about um, the inclusion of um, people of colour in the trail running community and I do feel like there's a piece of work we could be doing of a similar kind of um, style to, to what they've done um, I don't know what you think about that. Also, um, Toby is my coach at Queer Runnings and he's absolutely fabulous, so can't recommend that more. Thanks, Shah, for the, for the free advertising. <laughs> You'll get your fiver later, Shah. Um, <laughs> um, I completely agree. I think um, the understanding of culture is so important. Um, something that... Um, I learnt from um, a, a guy called Phil Young um, talking about diversity um, and inclusion is, is about understanding the, um, the culture of, of the marginalised community and also sort of their lived experiences um, and how essentially um, that can lead to both external barriers to the entry of, of a sport or, or an activity or in this case a race um, which then leads to the internalized barriers um, so if you feel as if for example there aren't changing room facilities um, available to you and you come across that in race after race after race there's every possibility that you may then think okay yeah running races just aren't they aren't for people like me so I don't then compete in running races um, and I think things like that can be so easily overlooked um, but just have a monumental impact on on an individual um, does anyone else on the stage want to um, respond to that as well sure I think that was a great point I'm going to take that as a no. I take it that everybody's <laughs> happy um, with my response. But if anything does pop up um, 
in the next sort of 10 minutes or so um when we sort of wrap up this room then please do um please do unmute yourself and, and let us know uh but sure i think that was an amazing can, point. I, can i add something for it of course just just, a, just a, an aspect of that um Obviously, um, with like black trail runners, they really went out there and had like a bit of a PR splash and went to um, things like Runners World magazine and said, "Where are we?" And um, for anyone that subscribes to Runners World, which I do because I'm that kind of running geek, um, I have seen a shift in. You know, obviously, it hasn't gone right up to the fact that their staff are pretty much all cis white dudes, um, but there's definitely a shift in how they're communicating what what a runner looks like um and i just yeah i just wonder if there's there's a piece of work that we can do on that i think there definitely is i think um my perspective on it is that i don't want to i don't want the marginalized community to do all the work um i appreciate that um there is a certain level of responsibility to at times put your hand up um, and be visible and say, hey, like I am doing this and I'm doing exactly the same activity in the same way as my cisgender, young, white, you know, male counterparts, where am I? Um, But also I think, as I sort of said earlier, you know, I think it is the work of absolutely everybody to make sure that we do create as inclusive spaces as we possibly can. Um, And, you know, I think whilst there is power in the individual, there are people with certain levels of of power and responsibility who could be doing a lot better and who could enact really big change in a really quick way if they just took the time to make the effort. Um, So I absolutely take my hat off to everything that um black trail running are doing um i think they're a fantastic community group just full of stoke full of just incredible people um really spearheading a movement there and it, it really is hugely inspiring um but by the same token i'd quite like them to be able to sit back at some point and to not have to try as hard anymore and just sort of reap the rewards of yes their labor but also just just their existence that they should just be rewarded for just existing and doing the activity that that they enjoy um so yeah um again if there's anything else that anybody else would like to add to that um so that i don't continue waffling on and it turning into a mini rant then please do jump in um but in the meantime i'd like to start wrapping up the room and um ask toby um I guess a relatively big question. Um, so brace yourself. But essentially, you know, is there anything that you would like to say uh, to sort of wrap up the room um, towards the transgender community, but also to allies? You know, is there anything that you'd like to say um, on behalf of the transgender community? And then also any any advice or, or suggestions that you'd like to make to allies in terms of making um, trans runners feel more comfortable in the space if they don't already? I mean, I've already sort of said lots of things, so I don't, I don't want to end up going waffling on, but I, I will just say, maybe it sounds trite, but um, I'm going to say it anyway, just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Um, it, it, yeah, be supportive um, and uh, just try to be aware of 
you know, in terms of if you want to be a good ally, just be aware, try and be aware of the assumptions you might make and try and hold those assumptions lightly as I would hope someone would do in life in general about all things anyway. Um, and all the and do all the other things we've talked about over the last over the last hour. Um, if there's any trans people listening, um, uh, you know, talk talk. If you if you've got questions, find someone you trust to talk to. You can certainly send me a DM. Um, yeah, find 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 your community. I think that's that's important. Amazing. Just off the back of that, would you like to tell people where people? Sorry, would you like to tell people where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's the best place. Um, um, and the handle is at Queer Runnings. And my personal account is, uh, I think it's the transgender underscore trail underscore runner, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that is correct. <laughs> I'm on it at the moment. <laughs> um. Is there anything else that anybody on the stage would like to add, or even people who aren't on the stage, is there any final thoughts that you'd like to give? Um, here's your opportunity. Please do um, raise your hand or unmute yourself. I think I just want to say that um, it's been really nice to listen to um, your sort of journey and your story of running and how much it means to you. Um, it's been really cool to hear about how you've made sort of a space for yourself and for sort of other queer people um but also just from a perspective of sort of how you you sort of turned your life around a little bit with your health and um getting into running and how much of a difference that made your life just that in itself is really interesting as well to hear about um and definitely something that alone inspires me so really cool oh such a wonderful rounding summary of of the session i don't think i could do any better so i might just leave it at that <laughs> just as rachel briggs joins us uh, we're just about to close off the room sorry rachel um but we are recording it so um you will be able to listen to it afterwards um just a huge massive heartfelt thanks toby for coming here this evening um offering your story just so honestly um in a in a really sort of beautifully one um vulnerable way just i'm just really grateful to know you and and you have massively been such a source of guidance for me lately um you've just sort of given so much time and energy and and knowledge to me that is just so invaluable so just thank you for being you and thank you for joining us this evening and and yeah just just essentially being great I can't find another way to to round that off in a more sophisticated way sorry <laughs> oh, thank you you're, you're being you're being so kind you're making me blush but uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really not that amazing uh yeah I just I, I just behave the way I would hope other people should as well really yeah I'm, I'm glad I could help fit yeah amazing thank you um just another way that toby's great he is also modest um so um thank you so much everybody for joining this evening um we have next week's session um at wednesday at eight o'clock the usual time of eight uh with sarah hewitt who is in the room uh we're going to be talking about hiking 
um, and Sarah's um, experience of being LGBTQ plus as well. So that's going to be incredible. I can't wait to relive some hiking memories together. Um, and also on Sunday evenings at eight o'clock, I co-host a room with Rachel Briggs, who is um, in the audience at the moment. You can see her as Rachel United We Climb. Um, and we have a room together called Diverse Voices in Climbing, where we discuss um, specific topics um, within the climbing industry uh, that particularly relate to marginalised communities and what the bigger, uh, broader um, climbing industry could learn from, from these community groups. Um, so please do, if you're, if you're available on Sunday and would like to, to talk about climbing, please do come along and um, join in with that. And then next Wednesday at 8pm, a hiking discussion with Sarah Hewitt. But yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. I know it's half an hour later than it usually is, so I really appreciate you giving us your time. Um, for those on the stage, if you'd like to unmute yourself and say goodbye as you leave, that would be amazing. It would be like we're all together. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, everybody. Thank, thank you for hosting. You thank, thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I thought I'd do an outro, but I don't know if I need one. <laughs> um, I will put um, all of Toby's um, uh, social media handles into the description um, of the recording. So please do check them out there and give him a follow and just show him huge amounts of love honestly just I'm just overwhelmed with just how wonderful that discussion was and so grateful to all the um, other people who participated in the discussion too so wow yeah thank you so much um, for tuning in and please do um, tune in again for the next episode uh, which will be out next week um, yeah thank you so much i don't know what to do here i've got i don't think i've got any music I might have some music at some point i don't know um <laughs> i'm very much making this up as i go along so do 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 thank you good night